Welcome to the Running in the Center of the Universe podcast. I'm Ashlyn Dave, your host. We've got a great show lined up, so let's get started. And this is Ashlyn David. This is the Running in the Center of the Universe podcast, episode 290. It's the uh, week of June. What is it? Uh, gosh. June 23rd, 2020. And uh, this is kind of a, a rush podcast. Uh, this is for Ashlyn Bryan. He's uh, doing a cross country trip, uh, delivering. Uh, some property for his daughter who's uh, graduated from college and who has to come out, come up from New Orleans to, I think, the Washington, D.C. area. And he needs some uh, some material to uh, get him across the country there. So I've got a couple encore presentations to uh, put out tonight or this evening or whatever it is, whenever you're listening. Um, I was uh, doing a little preview listen to the, uh, this is episode 30 from back in 2008, and uh, um, just weird listening, I was doing a little preview listening to it, it was kind of weird to hear uh, some of the uh, banter back and forth, um, I ran into a runner, I, it was a, it's a uh, kind of like a running part of the show, where I'm, uh, I'm running while I'm producing the show, and ran into a a, uh, a local runner named Dawn who uh, did a half marathon training program with me and it was nice to see her. We kind of ran into each other in town and had a little conversation there and then there's a little, there's of course the email bag section of the show. A lot of good sound effects in this one. There was a kind of early on when I used to do some of that, had more time, kind of got away from that a little bit uh, as the show went on. Uh, the show reference the uh, episode thirty uh, does reference some other another show that uh, I'm not sure which one it does, but I'm going to add on episode forty at the end. That way, for that way, Brian can have some. I'm not even sure what episode forty is. I'm just going to add it on to the end. I'm just going to include it, let it run how it runs. Probably going to be close to hour and a half, uh, full episode with the with everything here. Uh, that's for Brian uh, as he's driving, just to let him. Uh, do a little bit of driving with the some of the running we used to do, our good buddies, and uh, hopefully we have some plans in 2026 to uh, see the World Cup together down in Atlanta because that's where he lives now. Roswell Bryan used to be Ashland Bryan. So uh, the rest of y'all out there, I'll do the email bag for uh, like the recent emails I got. I'll do that in a future show, but I do appreciate everybody downloading the show. And so I hope you enjoy this encore presentation of episode 30 and then skip to episode 40. Thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for downloading. Appreciate it. Thank you. This is Ashlyn Dave, and this is the Running in the Center of the Universe podcast number 30. 
hard to believe I've gotten up to 30 episodes, but that's where I'm at. And this is the week of September 26th, 2008. And it is very windy today. It's mid-70s. I'm going on an afternoon run. It's about 4.30 in the afternoon. Just a gorgeous day. And uh, just couldn't wait to get out here and run because the weather was so nice. And I'm having problems with my Garmin heart rate uh, thing. I think it's loose or something. It keeps slipping down my chest, but I got a couple things to go over during my run today. Uh, I'm shooting for six today. It's uh, my first run of the week. I had a excellent or an excellent 16 mile or over the weekend. It really uh, felt good. Made it the whole way. I ran with, uh, actually started at 6 in the morning on Sunday. And ran with my friend Alan. Yeah, I met up with Tom, Dennis, and Brian joined us later. And it was kind of a weird thing because Alan and I run the same pace. So we ran, I think, the first 11 together. While Tom and Dennis ran ahead, I met up with Brian at 8 o'clock after Alan had finished the distance he was doing. So I ran with Brian for a couple miles and we met up with Tom who was running around the town looking for us because Dennis wasn't doing a full 20. Tom was doing a full 20. So by the time I met up with Tom, he was over 15 miles and I was at 13, but we'd been running the same amount of time. So it was kind of a weird uh, crisscrossing of the universes, I guess. But uh, he got his 20 and I got my 16. And uh, I was a little concerned at first when I first started out Sunday morning because it was pitch dark and we had a uh, street party in town which is kind of like a block party or a neighborhood party. But it's, uh, they close off this big plaza behind our town library and uh, bring in the beer trucks and the bouncy stuff for kids and you can kind of write the rest there. But, but I was very disciplined. I was home by nine o'clock and this allowed me to get up at a dark o'clock and get that run in, which was good. So, I got a 16-miler under my belt, which gives me a lot of confidence going into the 18-miler coming up this weekend. <clears throat> but, uh, not really sure how I'm going to get the 18 in because I haven't really made plans to run with anybody, and there is a half marathon in Richmond, which most distance people are probably running. So if I was to sign up for that, it's kind of a half trail, half road type of event. I still have to get in another five. So I haven't really figured that one out yet. I got some time since I do this podcast a little ahead of myself. So anyhow, man, it's a nice day. Well, we had a great 5K race this past weekend. It was on Saturday morning uh, called the Tiger Trot. And uh, your uh, podcast host here had the honor of leading the race on my bike. 
And we also had a police car in the front, but part of the the course is on a path that a police car can't go on. So I got to lead it, and uh, I did the same thing last year where I didn't get enough head start at the beginning, and the lead runners almost caught me before I was able to get my bike geared properly. This year I didn't have that problem. But the uh, lead guy, he was at the one mile mark at about five minutes. I mean, he was really going fast. And uh, anyway, I got a couple funny stories to share. I knew some funny stuff would happen. Uh, and I'll probably float between the, t- the stories. God, it's windy. I'll probably float between the stories because they're kind of funny. And then the last one is uh, about a kid that's got a lot of heart and had nothing to do with running, but I'll share it anyway. All right, so everybody's running, and I didn't really get to see but it was two kids' races. It was, a half, it was actually three races for the whole event. A half-mile kids' race, and then a one-mile kids' race, and then the 5K. And my daughter ran in the half-mile with my dad. She did great. I don't know what her finishing time was because I was busy uh, going over the route for the mile to make sure I had it right. I didn't even see her come in. Uh, I don't know how. I don't know what her time was, but she, my dad says she'd probably be ready for the. She'd probably run a whole mile. That so will probably encourage her to do that the next time. Anyway, so after the two kids races, we got ready for the 5K, and the guy that won, uh, Joshua something, he got out there fast, and by I think the half mile mark, he had a. Uh, comfortable lead of probably about 100 yards or more and uh, when we got to the finish uh, the finish was in the bus loop at the school like a lot of 5k races are that start and finish near schools that way you can control the finish you know um, people are looking at me while I'm talking to myself uh, Anyway, the uh, lead police car pulled into the bus loop, and not knowing, not knowing that the finishing chute blocked off the exit of the bus loop, and uh, the reason it was so funny, well, I guess it wasn't really funny. It's funny now, but it wasn't funny at the time. It's because he kind of blocked the lead runner. I had gotten out of the way. The runner knew the lead runner knew to come in the loop, so I got out of the way. And once he realized he couldn't go any further, the police officer, he kind of just stopped his car in it. And by then he had slowed down enough with the lead runner, had kind of gotten up on the trunk. So he had to run around the car instead of kind of cutting the, the curve, you know, slicing it for the shortest distance. And then, believe it or not, a little kid ran right in front of the police car. It was kind of like a little confusion. And then the police officer had to figure out a, out a way to back out without hitting any runners. So I guess uh, that's a note to self is to make sure the police car doesn't go in the finishing chute. I don't think he knew, so it's not really his fault. But I guess that was kind of that was a funny story because it, it was a lot of confusion. Well, the lead female that came in, 
Uh, she was 20 minutes and some change, very fast. And she's probably six feet tall. And she was chugging up around the bus loop to the finish. And when she got to the finishing chute, my wife was my wife was one of the timers, you know, pulling the, the we didn't have chips or anything, not that sophisticated. Pulling the little tabs off the bibs. Um, the lady just collapsed on her. My wife's about five feet tall. And she's like, hold me up. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, and Mark is saying, this lady's huge. How am I supposed to hold her up and keep getting people's bibs in? But apparently some other people saw that and uh, commented later about how funny it was that this large, tall woman just kind of collapsed on a smaller lady and, um, and was telling her to hold her up. <laughs> so that was kind of funny. And let's see, the third story. I can't remember the third story. Let me think about that a sec. I've got it now, I remembered. Started running and I forgot all my, my bullet points. Uh, what we had, since it was kind of a community race, a lot of kids were running with their parents after they had run the earlier event, like the mile or half mile. And the kids weren't finishing the whole 5K, they were finishing just the end. And the only thing that was timed um, officially was the 5k. The earlier events just had the, uh, I think the gender winners and I don't know, they did a bunch of streamers at the end and you know, so everybody can feel like a winner, stuff like that. But the adult race, not sure if there was an age cutoff or not, but that was a little more official. But what had happened, and well, let me back up a bit, if you've uh, never timed, done timing on a race that's not chip, you have someone at the finish line that hits a trigger on a small machine and it counts the time and that someone in the place. It doesn't have any number associated with it. And then you have people in the finishing chute who are keeping everybody in order. And uh, theoretically that should match up with everything. That's a lot of wind. I'm going to go back this way. All right, I get a little disjointed because I saw a neighbor. He has a little puppy that's getting bigger and bigger. Just wanted to talk a minute. Um, so you got the person at the finish line, hits a little uh, trigger mechanism, which records the time, records the place, and then you have the uh, people in the finishing suit that are doing the placing with the bib numbers. Theoretically, it should all match up. Well, what happened were a couple things. One, you had a horde of people that were not registered for the 5K that ran across the finish line. Kids that were finishing the race with their parent or whatnot. Uh, and as you can imagine, that throws the finishers out of whack. Now, they had similar bibs, and some of them looked like they could have been running the 5K. So our finisher was clicking the thing because it's too hard to differentiate and you know it's kind of hard to determine who's not a runner and who is. They all look the same. And then 
Yeah, one kid that actually crossed the finish line turned around and pulled his bib right off with the safety pins. Started walking the opposite direction every he went through the chute. So he was probably a first time runner. And then uh, my wife told me later that guy came up to her and just handed her his balled up bib. <laughs> so as you can imagine, the finishing order took quite some time to get together. And unfortunately some people had left before the finish, the uh, winners were announced. Although my friend Shelly got first in her age group and my dad got first in his age group. And I think they might have been the only ones in their age group. But nonetheless, they came in first. Both had great finishing times. Uh, 26 minutes, I think. Well, that's pretty good. So, you know, it was only the second year we put the race together. Everybody had a lot of fun. 192 people registered. I think about, I think it was 140 last year. So there was, and I can't remember how many finishes there were. I mean, there was a couple no-shows as usual, but I mean, it was a great event. The weather was absolutely perfect. And, you know, there's a lot of people, a lot of teachers came out. Daughter's teacher came out. Daughter's past two teachers came out. Uh, I just had a great time. And I was honored to uh, be the lead uh, cyclist, I guess. <laughs> I had very minimal work to do. And I still got a volunteer t-shirt. So that's the report from the Tiger Trot 5K. A great event. And uh, I did notice that some people came from out of town. Uh, Tim from my half marathon training team came up from Northside Richmond. And he actually won in his age group. But unfortunately he left before the uh, winners were announced because it took a while. So hopefully, I think Shelly was going to get his ribbon to him because they're, uh, they know each other from church. So that was pretty cool. So I actually knew a lot of the winners. And uh, in these small races, generally, uh, if you run hard, you can probably place. I think Jody's talked about that before in her podcast. It was a great day. I could probably go on and on and on about it. I had so much fun. And... Uh, it was a while to break everything down, but it was a good time, real good time. Well, I happened to run into uh, my former, uh, one of my former training partners from a half marathon training team while I was out running. Uh, her name is Dawn, so uh, here's part of that conversation. Can I run with you for a little bit? Yeah, but I'm gonna you down. That's all right. What you been doing? With the kids in school. Turn this off. It's hard to find time to run. I know it. For the kids and their schedule. How far are you going today? Just about three miles. I'm just going up Beverly and back. Oh, that's great. I'm missing part of Katie's tennis. I'm doing part of my podcast for my internet show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, do you mind if I record some of our conversation? I think I had it on already. Cool. What are you, uh, you got any races coming up? Well, I wanted to try to do the half of October. Uh, which, which is not sure. Which one is? The one, the Bridge one. Oh, yeah, that, that's right, you're on the list. Well, if I can get myself back up to it, I'm all over it. But I feel like miles wise, I've lost some ground. 
since August. Did you do any training since the race? I've been running. What's your route? Just straight up? Yeah, it's probably in. Okay, I think you just told me that and I was half listening. Let me get my wires hanging. Three miles is for me. So I don't know. Well, it's hard to do that after work. Yeah, especially with guitar lessons and taekwondo and tennis. <laughs> How do you get it all fit? How do you fit it all in? I don't. I don't. I miss part of a tennis match to run. Oh, yeah. Well, you, if you keep. The health keep you sane. I mean, I, yeah, I've talked before about sometimes your running's got to become kind of selfish. And I mean, it's kind of really the only thing I do um, away from my family. I mean, Me I can't run with my daughter. Well, <laughs> maybe so, you know, when the, don't wanna. Yeah, when she gets older, she'll maybe run with me. Like a stressful day today. So just get rid of all this. Oh. Am I, intrud- am I intruding in your, on your solo time? I saw you when I started. Before I hit the yell. Oh, on Center Street? Yeah, I'm like, I'll just tell him that I saw <laughs> <laughs> Well, I saw you coming up by the school, and so, I thought maybe she'll look over here. And then I said, well, I'll just get behind her. Yeah. Well, at least it's not, hadn't been so hot. This is perfect weather. No, I love it. My friends at work train me to do. November half of the first, the first half. Is that the one in Richmond? Yeah. And That's awesome. It's funny now that I've done one. One of my girlfriends will come tell me. How far she's like, ran? You're exactly wrong. I remember what I was thinking. Oh, she came, She comes and tells you how far she ran? How far she ran and what she's thinking. That's awesome, though. I think she's crazy. I'm well, like, oh, I swear you won't. A three mile run is, is good for recreation, but a 13.1 miler is a little crazy. She, I guess she hasn't done any double digits yet. Not yet, I said. You're going to love it. She goes, but right now I think I'm crazy. I know, I remember. Yeah, but now you've done it. Now you've done it. She's fast. Did you take a little bit of a break after the race? Come straight to the beach. Oh, that's that you day. drove that day. That's yeah. right. How was your vacation then? It was awesome. I did run one time. Which was great because it was a choice. <laughs> and not a chore. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, that training makes you, once you sign on, even though it's voluntary, you feel like yeah. you gotta do it. I was like, I've gotta run. <laughs> so, and now I'm just trying to find time. And frankly, the most distance I've done is six miles. Man, that's still pretty good. That's what I'm going to try to do tonight. It was great. We'll see. How far are you now? I'm at about 2.3, and uh, I was in my on a six-mile course, and uh, I'm already trying to figure out how I'm going to shave off something to make up for coming down here. <laughs> Sorry. No, because I don't want to walk back. I'm, uh, so I told my wife I'd be home by 5:30. Well, that Blunt Bridge uh, Half Marathon Challenge is going to be on some hills. I know, that's why I'm not sure about just me being ready. Because you know well, it's um, three weeks. Yeah. Well, if you've done a six miler and if you put an eight miler in there somewhere, you'll probably be all right. And eight, yeah. Which is hard to do in <laughs> Seriously. It is. You have to kind of. You kind of have to do some loops around the same stuff, yep. and sometimes that's hard to do. Yep. I found that running out Chapman 
yeah. all the way to the stop sign and then to turn around and coming back. Yeah. And it's quite a bit, but it's still that out and back yep. mentality that I just cannot stand oh, it. Yeah. And then sometimes you find yourself, you know, running on the same roads, but hey, that's the way it goes. So I'm doing it. So anyway, that's what I've been doing. Well, that's great. Trying to keep running. How many people are signed up? I think we have about 17. That's cool. And it's just kind of, you know, it's just an event, something to, something to do. And that route is, it's kind of fun. It is an out and back route, but it doesn't look the same. Plus hills. Coming back and it's got those hills that you can either walk up them or, uh, you know, it just gives a little bit of a different challenge and it's kind of a pretty part of the county. Yep. Well, you're familiar with out that way, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Way a, lot, back. a lot of people uh, bike it, cycle on that road now. Yeah. Yeah, I was running one night. Here comes the bike. He's like, "Hey, like, hey!" <laughs> we didn't even know. We didn't even know we lived in the same. Oh, area. in the same area. Not a small world. Yeah. This is really the only time I can get out here because my wife works out in the morning. Right. I've got an evening activity. I'm wondering how y'all did that with both of your women. Well, I just I get in that mentality. If it's a running day, right. when I'm at work, I just know that, okay, I can't just kind of slug around in the afternoon right? because I'm going to run when I get home. And Well, what happened there was my, uh, my digital recorder got full and it cut off without me knowing. So, Don, I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, thanks for helping me get through about a mile there. Uh, that was cool to run into. Hopefully, I'll run into you again. And hope your training uh, continues to go well. Hope to see you out there for the Blunts Bridge Challenge, which is the uh, Ashland version of the uh, Worldwide Half Marathon. All right, let me go open up the uh, shed that has all the email in it. It's uh, a little full this week. Uh, let me get this in here. Right, let me shake out everything here. All right, let's get started. All right, heard from Ari in New Jersey. Ari's training for his first marathon, which is the Marine Corps Marathon, which uh, at the time of this uh, taping is just 31 days away. So I guess that makes it uh, late October. I think that's, um, hang on, so what is that? Uh, I think it's October 26th. So um, anyway, Ari's got a, a running blog going, which uh, I'm going to put a link in the show notes. Uh, it's uh, run anskyrun.blogspot.com that's run r-u-n a-n-s-k-y r-u-n and uh, his blog is a running blog but it's also got some nutrition information and um, I was just looking at it It also has some stuff about the New York Yankees because they just played their last game at Yankee Stadium but uh, he's got some recipes on there his wife is a professional dietitian and he's actually kind of doing some analysis of uh uh, what he's eating and maybe how it's going to benefit him during his taper before the marathon. So I think it's a great idea. I encourage you to check out his blog. Uh, he's been listening to the show for a while. And Ari, I really appreciate you uh, sending me the email. And I uh, wish you the best with your as you wind down your training for the Marine Corps Marathon. I'll definitely be looking up your time when you finish. And uh, uh, thanks for uh, giving me the link to the blog. Um, I'm happy to share that with everybody. So check out the show notes, everybody. If you, um, if you want to check out his blog, I really encourage you to do that. Uh, so thanks for the email, Ari. I uh, also heard from Rich in the Woodlands, Texas. Uh, Rich lives in an area of Texas that uh, um, Ike came through, Hurricane Ike. 
And uh, his, he was very fortunate that his home had only only had minor uh, leakage. They had several trees down. Um, but he said he reported that a small tornado must have come through the area because the way the trees came down um, went from uh, just range from minor to catastrophic. Uh, he thought that the western eye wall of the hurricane passed just to his east, and he was out power for four days. Um, but believe it or not, he actually managed to get a three-mile run in there somewhere um, <laughs> during all that, I guess he got it. He, he did the run while he didn't have the power. I'd be going crazy if I was down there. He also said that uh, it was very fortunate the weather changed. Otherwise, it would have just been awful down there with the heat. So, Rich, I hope that uh, you're back with your regular training. I appreciate you asking about my uh, plantar fasciitis and uh, seem to be doing okay with that. It's just ma- mainly a managing aspect at this point to try to get me through next May. Uh, but it's good to hear from you, and I hope you keep listening to the show and uh, stay in touch. It was good to hear. It was nice to get your email. Um, the next one is from Jody. Jody uh, chimed in. I kind of solicited this email as I did with one from Nigel that I'll talk about later. I have to say that some of these emails were solicited. <laughs> I was just checking in on people. Uh, Jody's still training for her marathon. Um, she is uh, getting up in the double-digit mileage, and she's still running in the heat. Uh, you can listen to her podcast to get all her updates, but uh, she did share uh, some stuff with me that uh, she got. It was so hot at 2 in the afternoon. It was over 80 degrees still at 2 p.m., and she was doing a 15-miler and uh, kind of got the chills a little bit, even though it was hot and humid. Probably a sign that uh, uh, some over, over you know overheating and whatnot, and she was able to uh, recognize that. Um, but it's definitely uh, your body changes when you get to those double digits, which she found out. And uh, But sounds like she managed it pretty good. And hopefully uh, with those longer runs, Jody, um, you'll continue to do really well and do great in your marathon. So I appreciate you sending the email and staying in touch. The next one is from Shelly. Uh, Shelly just checked in, so she enjoyed listening to the podcast. She did a nine-miler by herself the other day. Um, I talked a little bit about her during the regular part of the show. I'm still trying to get in uh, to get in a training run with Shelly. Uh, she said that she definitely she can't do 20, but she can do 10 with me. So, um, Shelly, I'm definitely going to take you up on that. And I just, for some reason, just got to make the we just got to make the date. So, um, let's uh, get some emails going back and forth and figure out a good day to get our running going. The uh, another this is a solicited email I got from Nigel. Um, Nigel said he took my show along with him when he did his Sunday long run, and it was the one where I was doing the 14-miler. He said that it sounded like I faded a bit. Well, you're definitely right. That was a tough uh, a tough training run um, for what I think that was the one I did by myself. And, uh, yeah, I definitely was fading, fading out, but I did pick it up towards the end. Um, Nigel just commented on how he doesn't um, know how I find the time to train because uh, I had shared with him some of the distances I'm going to be doing going into the spring of next year. And the reason I wanted to mention your email, Nigel, is because I actually have to literally force the time. Um, I kind of have a monopoly on the afternoon um, activities, and uh, Saturday mornings are kind of my, I have a monopoly on that in my family, and that's just when I do it. I do it when I get home from work. My wife works out in the morning, so I'm... I don't run in the morning during the week at all, or if I did want to, I'd have to clear it with her well ahead of time so she would, you know, arrange her schedule to get her spinning class in or doing her own run. So I literally have to force the time, and uh, it's only going to get a little more overwhelming as time goes on when I get beyond the uh, marathon distance if I'm staying, if I stay healthy enough to run the, the ultra. So 
that's my take on that. And um, uh, Nigel, I appreciate you listening. You've been a good friend, and I, I still enjoy listening to your, to your show. And uh, for any of you that don't know about Nigel's show, it's Running from the Reaper podcast, and you can find it at runningpodcast.org. The, some of the comments on the website um, were really good, and I heard from some new people. Uh, one was from my dad. He was just thanking everybody that put the Tiger Trot together because he had a real good time. He liked the kids' races. He ran with my daughter uh, during the half mile. Isn't that right? Didn't Grandpa run with you? Yeah. All right. And uh, did you have a good time during the Tiger Trot? Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, he uh, says, keep up the good work, and he looks forward to the third annual race next year. So, Dad, appreciate you uh, checking by and listening to the show. Uh, Gordon from Scotland uh, left an interesting uh, post on the website. Uh, Gordon had sent me a, a message uh, sometime back saying how um, I don't think he could watch the YouTube video that I made of, I guess it was the Patrick Henry race. He couldn't watch that on his iPod uh, because of the format. And he had asked to, for this, for them to be in regular, uh, I guess, quick time. And I can't remember what I said to him. Um, I replied that it was just it took up too much space, and I had, I had to pay more money on the server to to, to keep my uh, my files on there. And he sent me a lengthy apology. And Gordon, I appreciate that, but it really wasn't necessary. Um, everything's going to cost a little bit of money. I mean, you got to pay electricity to power up your computer. You got to buy batteries for your digital recorder. Got to buy a microphone if you want to do that. Um, and I just pay a little extra so I have can keep more shows on the podbean.com site. Uh, I do appreciate your policy. I mean, your apology. And um, you were very gracious. And uh, no problem at all, man. I'm going to definitely put up some more videos. I might have to do the YouTube format again. It's just a lot, much lower quality. But I think I figured out a way to... Uh, get a little bit more uh, stuff on there. Now, some of these video, these movies are, you know, 80 megs. I mean, that's that's a lot of that takes a long time to upload. And uh, I, I think I've I don't have dial up, obviously, but um, we don't have the fastest internet. So anyway, that's Gordon from Scotland. I'm glad you're still listening. Um, no problem at all. Uh, no, you know, no worries whatsoever. I'm just glad you listened to the show and and, and took the time to send in a comment. So I hope you keep listening. Uh, Tom Grant left uh, a comment on the site. Uh, his was about the, the Garmin 405, and he says that his becomes possessed when he sweats a lot. Um, the screen starts switching at random, but he, he figured out a way to solve that problem. He pushes the, the two right side buttons at the same time, and it locks the screen. And uh, he's, the reason he put that on there, because he wasn't sure if anyone else had that problem. Um, but you can still work the buttons. I am not familiar with the 405. I know it has a some kind of feature where you can kind of scroll the screen around. I didn't even know it had buttons on it. But if for some reason that is happening to your 405, if you're rich enough to buy one, um, uh, try that out. And maybe that'll help. So, Tom, thanks for sharing that. And I, I really do appreciate you listening to the show. I uh, got another comment on the site from Kim uh, Running Mom. And she's just had thanked me for continuing the podcast. And she's working on a half marathon training plan of two runs during the week and then an increasing long run on the weekend. Um, but she's having a problem with her long runs not adding up like she would want, uh, mainly due to heat. Uh, she had done an eight miler that actually turned into just a 5.68 miler, which uh, she said wasn't too bad for 90 deg- 95 degrees at noon. And uh, uh, running mom, I. I, I 
believe it or not, you probably put forth an eight-mile effort for that 5.68 miles if you were running at 95 degrees. Your body was putting forth extremely high amount of energy to try to keep your body cool. And uh, if you can run that far at 95 degrees in the middle of the day, you're going to be able to run eight miles in 75 or 80 degrees probably pretty easily. Um, so she also said that uh, she's working on, she's doing a half marathon planned. I don't know when her half marathon is, um, but she does most of her runs with a friend of hers named Tisa, and she suggested that I get a partner for my really long run. So, I, yes, I have done that, and it is, uh, it's just imperative to have someone at least come in and run with you for part of your long run. So I've actually arranged that for this coming weekend, too. I'm going to do a half marathon, and then I'm going to do another five miles after that with two people I'm running the half marathon with. Um, that's the main mile half. I'll put a, a link on the uh, show notes. So good luck running, Mom, uh, Kim, and uh, keep in touch. Sounds like uh, sounds like you're making it okay. I've got a new listener this week. Dan Crew uh, sent me a he sent me an email, and he said he's been listening to the show, enjoying the podcast. And he kind of got hooked on episode number 11 when I talked about losing my running buddy, which was my 10-year-old dog named Otis. Uh, Dan's been running with his family dog for about five years now, and that dog has been a great motivator for him, and he's worked up to some very long runs, uh, two actually being 20 miles um, this past spring. Um, so that's pretty far, and I think there's another guy named Ultra Dad that runs with his dog, and he's run 20 to 20-plus miles with his dog. I mean, that's just an unbelievable, unbelievable amount of distance for a dog to run too. Um, but he also asked, uh, mentioned, talked about running safely in the dark because uh, he knew I was getting ready for the 24-hour uh, endurance event, which is with a team. Uh, I'm not running that all by myself. Uh, Dan said he does most of his his runs in the early morning out in Iowa, and they're very dark, and it's very dark in the morning. He uses a miner style headlamp, uh, which he's been using for a couple years now. Um, and it's LED lights, and it uses AAA batteries, and it's very lightweight, and provides ample light for uh, for running out in the dark. So he suggested that I try that, and mentioned a company called I think it's called Petzl Headlamps, P-E-T-Z-L Headlamps, and sent me the link. Um, and I checked out the link. It didn't have the prices on them, but they looked like they were pretty simple, and uh, kind of had some kind of cool looking headbands. So I'm probably going to definitely check that out. And actually, last night. Uh, funny that you mentioned that, Dan. Last night I met with the people I'm going to be doing the relay with, and uh, we were talking about headlamps, and pretty, and everybody just decided to supply their own light. Um, and I suggested that everybody have at least an alternative light source in case for some reason they fall down and the headlamp doesn't work or it breaks, or you got to change out the batteries, which you can't do in the pitch black, and then you just have to wait for somebody to come up behind you and follow them in, which you still won't be able to see as much. So I'm, I'm bringing a headlamp, and I guess I'll have to order one here shortly. So, Dan, appreciate the input, and uh, more so, uh, thanks for listening to the show. Appreciate it very much, and I'm glad you took the time to uh, leave the comment. All right, and the last one is from Carrie. Uh, Carrie says she's been listening to the show for a while and really enjoys the show, so thank you very much. And she knew exactly what I meant when I was talking about possibly biting off more than I can chew with my running plan. Uh, Carrie said that she is doing the Cool Running Advanced Half Marathon plan, and it was just way too much for her. Uh, she wound up with tendonitis and actually had to pull out of the race, which is a real shame. 
Um, but she had some good ideas about uh, the bib number and changing shirts, so, which I had mentioned in a previous show. She says she has a solution, and her solution is to get a race belt, which is just a strip of elastic like the heart, the heart rate monitor, and it has a couple snaps that holds the bib on. And then it just clicks on uh, over your waist. Uh, she said that the triathletes use them so they don't get holes in their expensive uh, swimsuits or other uh, skin-tight attire, and uh, she wears one. And, you know, Carrie, thanks for mentioning that, because you know what? It might be time that I did something like that, because I have got a favorite shirt that I've uh, run in each of my marathons, and it's got, it's a nice shirt, it's orange, It's just I just like it, it's orange, that way my family members and friends can find me. And uh, it's starting to get some wear, uh, just from repeated wearing and washing, not from all these you know races I've done, um, where the uh, pins go in. So um, and the shirt you know will last a while, but I don't want it to have holes in it. So it might not be such a bad idea. I'll have to uh, check those out. So uh, I agree with you. It's definitely much nicer than having to deal with the safety pins and figuring out how to get your shirt the the bib centered on your shirt and all that crazy stuff. So. Carrie, thanks for the uh, the comment. I appreciate you listening, and uh, as I do with everybody that uh, sent in uh, comments or emails, it uh, means a lot. Uh, I, uh, I really enjoy doing the podcast. I like sharing my, my distance running with other people, and it it's really neat when other people you know send me information or or, or comment or send an email about what they're up to. And uh, even though I never met any of these people, it's um, I kind of know you know what you're going through and vice versa. Uh, so if you haven't uh, sent me anything and you feel like you want to, you can send it to ashlandave at gmail.com. That's a s h l a n d d a v e at gmail.com. Uh, I'll be happy to uh, to read anything that you send in. So I usually like uh, positive comments. I'm not too into negative stuff. I try to keep uh, the podcast very positive. And if you send me something. Uh, I'll be happy to uh, go over it on during the show and uh, share your thoughts with other people. Um, I've got an episode scheduled for next week. I will have episode 31 out next week. And I've been putting a lot of thought into a special marathon episode, which I'm going to do uh, before my marathon, my first marathon this fall, uh, the first one for this fall. I'm trying to do two this fall. Um, so I'm going to have a special marathon uh, based podcast coming up probably in a couple weeks. Uh, I'm going to target maybe late October, maybe the week before I run the Outer Banks Marathon, which is November 9th. And I'm kind of compiling some information now, basically just repackaging other people's stuff uh, for inspiration. But I've actually kind of, I'm, I'm interested in this whole idea of why people, you know, want to run long distances. I mean, when you really only need to work out for about an hour, half hour a day. Uh, to get the, the physical benefit, um, but I'm interested in this idea, this this uh, perspective in life of, of running these, these distances that take you several hours. I mean, I'm one of those people, and I can't really say why I do it. So, um, I mean, I've, I can go and ramble on and on and on about it. I can't just say it in one sentence. So that's what that podcast is going to be about, and I'm going to share uh, what some other people have, uh, have said and stuff I've read. Um, so hopefully that'll be a good show. And that'll be coming up in a few weeks, so hopefully maybe you'll listen to that. Okay, well, uh, that's it for me this week. This is Ashland Dave, and I'm coming at you from the center of the universe, Ashland, Virginia. Thank you so much for listening. Y'all have a good week, and remember to run to the finish line and keep on running.
The Running in the Center of the Universe podcast. This is Ashlyn Dave. It is the week of December 5th, 2008. And this is episode number 40, I think. I forgot to check before I left the house. And I'm running in the center of the universe, Ashland, Virginia. Uh, if you've uh, found this podcast for the first time, I found that I feel like I say that every week. Uh, I'm in the middle of the Packer, back of the Packer, marathoner, half marathoner, sometimes 10K runner, mostly half marathons and uh, a couple, four marathons, five marathons, four marathons. And I am preparing for my fifth, which is December 13th in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I'm just coming off another one, November 9th. And I think the reason I signed up for another one so soon is more of a personal challenge to see if my body can handle it. Because uh, I'm very interested in the mental part of running, the, the mental challenge toward the end of a marathon or half marathon when you depleted yourself of fuel and you're starting to doubt yourself. And uh, unfortunately, it takes a couple hours to get to that point (laughs) because you can't really replicate it during a five-mile run. I guess unless you sprint the whole way, but that just makes my knees hurt. Anyway, I've got several things going on. Uh, Finally got back in the weight room. Uh, Did that either the day after Thanksgiving or the day after the day after Thanksgiving. And just kind of did some moderate uh, effort type of stuff. Main thing was getting back on that quad machine and uh, strengthening my quads uh, and doing some arms and stuff. I'm not really into bulk running, uh, bulk, bulking up or anything like that. But yeah, I do like to kind of even things out. That way, uh, my body has some extra weight in, in addition to my beer gut. Hey, Judge, how you doing? Morning. Get cold. That's <laughs> uh, a judge of our uh, juvenile domestic relations court, Hanover County. Anyway, uh, so that's kind of a big thing, and for me, because I've been telling myself over and over, I'm going to do that, and I made the Outer Banks Marathon kind of the. Uh, launching off point so once I recovered from that and got a couple runs in I finally got back in the to the Y and did some weights and it felt pretty good felt pretty good in fact I've been back twice since uh, second time I did more abdominals matter of fact that was yesterday I can kind of feel that a little bit today but I intentionally didn't do too hard because I didn't want to have any trouble getting out of bed this morning. My wife tells me that if I'm going to be successful on this ultra, mini ultra, I guess, in January, and then eventually the 40-miler in May, if I make it that far, 
then uh, I have to have a stronger core, which means I gotta strengthen the muscles around my body, not just the legs, because my endurance will probably be okay. My heart will be strong enough. It's gonna be the rest of my body that gets fatigued, as well as my brain. So that's a pretty good advice coming from a half marathoner. <laughs> but uh, my wife works out a lot and she's got a pretty strong core, so I guess I could kind of take some advice from her. Take, she leads by example. Uh, so that's kind of been a big thing because I've been meaning to do that for, for months. And as it turns out, the wife is exactly the same it was as the last time I was there. We have a family membership, but I don't uh, really take advantage of my part of it, except to uh, go run on the treadmill or do some light stuff while my daughter's swimming, because I like to watch her swim if I am there, which isn't as often as I would like, but anyway, that's a whole other subject. So this morning, which is different because I'm running in the morning and not in the afternoon, it's about 35 degrees. I elected to wear shorts, and I wish I had not. It is pretty cold, pretty cold for Virginia. We're not used to 20 degrees or anything like that, except in the middle of the night. I think I'm gonna do five miles today. I did 34 last week, 25 the week before. I'll do probably 24 this week. Let's see, eight on the weekend, 18, yeah. And the next week will be race week. And I'll just probably do two runs. So I'll do five, six, five during the weekdays and then eight Saturday. And I've got a special uh, guest runner for maybe next week's show or the week after. As I'm gonna do a running interview with an aspiring marathoner. Uh, I've talked about this person before, so it'll be no surprise, but she's run two half marathons, and I've been at the finish for both of them, seeing her at the finish, and she's gonna do the national marathon in Washington, D.C. in March, and she'll talk about that. Uh, I'll get to that in a week or so, once I get that set up, but I think we're gonna run together this Saturday. So I'm running in the morning because I'm on call for work this week, and it always throws me off a little bit because I'm a kind of a prisoner to my cell phone, uh, except during the day, from about eight in the morning till 1.30 or so, I'm free. And although I might get called in, it's not a situation where I'm being paid, so I can kind of leave the phone and just check it when I get home. So I left the phone at home this morning, just so I could get out here and get a couple miles in, breathe in the cold air, and uh, just have some time to myself. And of course my uh, podcast audience, which is very limited. But I appreciate you uh, downloading the show. The uh, Christmas season is upon us, and uh, regardless of how you decide to celebrate this time of year, um, lots of stuff 
uh, you know, in the U.S. it's Christmas related, so I am going to be participating in a Techie Lights tour <laughs> uh, coming up, I guess in a few weeks. we Richmond, the Richmond area does a couple different things. They have Techie Light group runs where people run with headlamps and they run through neighborhoods that have uh, tacky lights, which I always thought is real interesting. It's done in the evening. But we're, uh, group I'm with is going the opposite route. We're getting on a charter bus and taking a tour and where we can bring food and drinks and uh, bring the kids. And I've never done that. I've never really been into the uh, lighting, you know, overdoing it on Christmas with lights and stuff at the house. We kind of do a traditional uh, type of decoration uh, event, but this will be a first, and I've acquired a uh, tacky Christmas sweater, which uh, I haven't decided if I'm going to wear or not. Uh, I guess I should because I bought it. It's only $8, and it's uh, pretty ugly <laughs> for either gender. It's kind of a, a neutral uh, ugliest Christmas sweater. So I'm uh, going to challenge some other people to see if they can get hold of a Christmas sweater. I got some friends that had a tacky Christmas sweater party several years back, and some of the guys got a hold of Christmas vests and uh, wore them without any shirts underneath, which is totally tacky and ugly. I just saw pictures. I wasn't there. So anyway, I think that's kind of funny, and maybe something to do in a few weeks. So preparing for Charlotte, I've uh, finally got a response back from somebody saying that uh, a friend could pick up my packet. So that uh, anxiety is relieved. I kind of figured that would be okay anyhow. Uh, most races allow you to do it unless you're, I think, an elite runner. And all he really needs to do is say, look, man, my friend is the back of the packer. He's not going to win anything. He's coming from out of town. Let me just pick his stuff up. I don't think there would have been any problem, but I was still a little surprised about the lack of information on the website. Anyway, that's settled. And... I got some good confidence going into it because I did an 18-miler on Saturday, and which was originally scheduled to be a 15-miler, but I felt pretty good after I did the third five-mile loop, and I just decided to kind of track out on a little different route, and I just told myself I would run until I was done. I didn't think it was necessary to do 20 miles. Plus, that would have required me to run past my house, <laughs> which I didn't want to do. So I actually kind of surprised myself a little bit. And when I got home, I was not feeling too good. Just my legs. And I started questioning myself why I did that. Uh, I mean, it was perfectly fine to do that far because the program I was looking at to get me between marathons, I uh, recommended a two or three hour run. And it took me, uh, let's see, about three hours and six minutes to run 18 miles. 
and I probably even picked it up a little bit at the end because I was trying to make probably three hours. So I was a little worried that I had overtrained myself for that day, and perhaps I did. But Sunday was fine because we actually went shopping and was on my feet most of the day, and I felt okay. So all those worries subsided, and I think that's why I'm going to take some real slow runs this week. In fact, I'm wearing my heart rate monitor again just to make sure my heart rate doesn't get up too high. Right now it's right about 140, which is good for me. It's cold out here. I have an opportunity to volunteer at a race this weekend, and uh, I think I might do it. It's called the Bear Creek 10 Miler, and if I wasn't running a marathon the week after, I'd probably be running the race. It's a trail race in uh, about an hour, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour west of where I live, and I got some friends that are going to be out there, and somehow my name got on a uh, volunteer thing, so I think I kind of ran my mouth about volunteering before I really totally decided. I think I'll head out there. Nothing else is a good way to... That's actually on Sunday morning. Good way to spend some time on a Sunday. And it's a great race because I did it last year. Well, actually, I'll talk about the results last year in a second. But the reason it's good is because it's just a out and back trail run. And uh, it's got a little bit of everything. Uh, stream crossings, which will probably be ankle or calf deep because it's been raining. Last year it was pretty dry except for, I think, one crossing where I went in a little deep. Uh, I think that was the 10 mile. You know, I get, I'm getting a little confused between the 10 miler and the 35K because they're running the same area. And I think I wore shorts at the 10 miler. Well, let me go ahead and talk about the 10 miler last year. I, uh, I got lost in the woods. The, uh, I ran a hair over 12 miles for a 10 mile race and actually came in the finish line from the opposite direction. And I felt a little foolish, but I wasn't the only one. And looking back, I know where I went wrong because I ended up in this grove of uh, pine trees, like Christmas size, uh, maybe not, but yeah, I guess they were pine. And I knew it was going the wrong way, but I kept going, thinking, well, maybe I just don't remember this part. And then I got out to uh, the highway and I recognized a convenience store that was in the middle of nowhere that was the same store we passed coming in in our cars. So I knew I was past 10 miles at this point and I was not gonna go back on the trail and try to find my way. But I was in good company because a uh, local ultra runner popped out on the highway with me and he looked really confused and he went back in the woods and I just said, screw it, I'm done. I got my shirt, I'll cross the finish line, but it'll just be from the wrong direction. And if anybody wanted to uh, dispute me you know, wearing the shirt, I'll just tell them, hey man, I cleared 10 miles in the woods and I added another couple on the asphalt. 
So apparently this year is going to be marked much better. And part of me wants to run it, but I think it's full. I'll have to check that online. But I got some friends that'll be out there, and I really do like uh, spectating when I know people running. And I'll be able to help out on one of the aid stations. I think the aid station's at the halfway mark. So I think I'll do that. I just got to get up so early on Sunday. One thing I'm not too crazy about. I'm going to give a little shout out to Sean over at Trilogy Running and uh, kind of piggyback on his idea of cameo uh, podcast appearances uh, via audio. And Sean, you'll probably hear this segment of my show too. But uh, anyway, I've been listening to your progress and thinking about your spring marathon and how you're trying to go for, I think you said a 310. And first of all, I got to say that's so far out of my uh, thinking. It's even hard for me to fathom running that far or that fast for that far because I'm just kind of a... You know, I'll just plug along, but I'll finish. But it might take me a while. Anyway, I say go for it, man. You only get one chance in life. There'll be other races, but that'll be, you never get another chance at a first marathon. And uh, hey, man, you can always slow down <laughs> if you're not gonna make it. So why not go for it? Do your speed work, do your program, stay positive, and uh, you got a real good chance of doing it. I mean, you crushed that half marathon. And uh, I think that would put you at uh, 315, something like that, maybe earlier. So you have a, no, I think you ran 143, so whatever that is times two, three hours and, uh, oh no, I think that's around 330. I can't do the math when I'm running, but I say go for it. I mean, you're just going to be getting older each year, so that's why I'm running as much as I can, and uh, I guess one day I won't be able to do it, so I want to have some fun memories of accomplishing some cool things, at least uh, relative to my own uh, my own life, so I'd say go for the 310, I think that's what you were talking about, keep up the show, like listening to it, and I'll talk to you on the other side. Later. I've been thinking a lot about my strategy for Charlotte. God, I'm so focused on that. Fixated, I can't seem to get it out of my head. Because there's a, a big likelihood that I'll be all alone on the course till the end. And the reason for that is just logistics with family. Uh, we're at the mercy a little bit of another family, and in addition to a 45-minute drive, so I'm rethinking a little bit what I'll be carrying and keeping my fingers crossed for moderate weather, and because all your power bars and whatever just freeze if you're carrying them, unless you carry them close to your body and that gets a little nasty, if you know what I mean. So, definitely carrying my water bottle, 
I'm not going to make that mistake. I won't have anybody to give it to me, so I think what I'll do is start with it empty and fill it up after about a half hour or so. And then I'll probably, I gotta have to take something solid. I think that's where I went wrong at the Outer Banks. I just used goo and my energy drink boost. And that only lasted about 30 minutes, that boost. That might have been what contributed to me getting sick at the end because I had another one at the end for the carbs and oh yeah that was that burned coming up <laughs> but when I ran the BNA back in March I had a cliff bar at the halfway mark like the brownie and it took me a little while to eat it because it was so cold but what I did is I slipped it inside my glove to let it warm up and uh, of course that was my PR race so I might do that same thing again. I wish I had done my long run this past weekend and had a cliff bar, but uh, I had a power bar instead, which I guess is pretty much the same. I actually found a hill that I'm doing some repeats on right now. It's just enough to up the ante a little bit. I've already lost count. I think I've done five. Actually, I think I'll just run up and down this hill until I get to the four mile mark and then I'll just head home, make it an even five. Some cold. Probably should have worn some long pants. I'm not really a tights guy. I've got tights to wear under looser uh, running pants. I just think that uh, it looks kind of silly for a guy to be wearing them, especially if he's not wearing any shorts. And. Uh, I'll just I'll leave it at that. I think it looks a little silly. That's just my opinion. But uh, I probably should have wore my long pants this morning because my legs are cold and when I'm running up this hill, I'm running right into the wind. But I got some cool tunes in my iPod, so I'm in good shape. Oh, this Christmas we're becoming a iPod family. My uh, my wife has finally uh, succumbed, and I've bought her one. She doesn't listen to the podcast, so she's not going to know anyway. And my daughter is getting one with a little screen on it, not a video screen, but the uh, so she'll know what song. I guess that's the Nano, and uh, we'll get her a little docking station for a room. She loves music, and. Uh, I guess what we'll do is again teach her how to load songs from CDs through iTunes on our uh, iMac or iBook, whatever we got. It's so funny, we got this uh, tiny little laptop on the counter in the kitchen at the house, and everything around it is huge. Speakers, uh, exterior hard drive, which is, we got a terabyte, which I guess you can download the whole internet on. We've had that thing for a while, and it's maybe put a, maybe used up, maybe 100 gigs, maybe not that many, maybe 200, I know there's plenty, my wife said that that hard drive will last until I retire, 
<laughs> see if the technology stays the same. Problem is the computer doesn't have enough USB ports, so we have to put in an, an adapter. And then whenever I put my flip video camera in it, it won't go through the adapter because it requires more power. So I have to plug that directly into the computer and then we lose the uh, wireless mouse. So I have to use a little touch pad, which I hate. Anyway, that has nothing to do with running. I guess I'm about eight hill repeats now. All right. Well, I'm gonna try to keep the show to 30 minutes. That's my New Year's resolution. So I'm gonna start early. So I'll see you on the other side. All right, let's get into some of the emails. This week, uh, it's more quality than quantity, uh, but in the spirit of keeping the show to 30 minutes, I should be able to get through these. But I first want to go over the uh, the results from the second uh, unofficial Ashland Turkey Trot. Uh, we had a 5K and a 10K this year organized by the Ashland Track Club, uh, which was mainly Tom and Jill Grant. Uh, but there was a kids' race, and overall, it was 42 participants, and uh, which is, I think, over double from last year. Uh, 5K winner for the adults was Don August at 26 minutes, 20 seconds. And uh, some other notables there was uh, Ashlyn Bob, who ran 41.55, and he ran with his daughter Madison. She also ran 41.55. And his daughter is only, um, I think she's 10 or 11, so she's turned out to be quite the runner and a heck of a soccer player. Uh, some of the other, uh, another notable was Tim Ray, uh, 31 minutes, 25 seconds. Tim was a uh, former member of the Patrick Henry Half Marathon training team. And uh, although he lives in Northside Richmond, he's a, a big proponent of running in Ashland. He's come up for several group runs that we've had. The winner of the 10K was Chuck Smith at 46 minutes, 27 seconds. And since Chuck was the winner, uh, I'm not sh- well, it's, Tom has decided to name the race after the winner. So next year it's either going to be the Dawn August Turkey Trot or the Chuck Smith Turkey Trot. Not sh- not sure there. Uh, some other notables were Jeff Sears, who the race was named after last year. Uh, Bubba, Joe Gable, another, and Brian Klein, other members of the Patrick Henry Half Marathon training team, as well as Mary Weather Gilmore, who was one of the coaches, and Penny Wallace, who participated. Tracy Brown ran also. It looks like they all kind of ran together as a group because they all had the same finishing time. Anyways, a great event. Unfortunately, I missed it because we headed up to Maryland for Thanksgiving. But we did stop by on our way out and took a picture. And uh, I had no idea that 42 people were going to end up participating. So, Tom, congratulations. And next year, obviously, that will be uh, a bigger event. Uh, what it is, it's, it's, it's just an unofficial race where you bring your own bib and uh, wear a goofy turkey something and uh, just show up and, and run. Uh, early and I think the 5k has become kind of popular because there aren't any uh, 5k's around on, on Thanksgiving Day locally just we have just a 10k that's a hilly course so it might grow on, on years to come so well done Tom uh, a couple emails um, one was from Heather from Chesapeake Virginia and Heather ran the Richmond Marathon and she really liked the Richmond Marathon coverage that I had on the site Anyway, that was Heather's first marathon, and she had a difficult time. The conditions in Richmond were pretty humid, especially after the sun came out because it rained early in the morning. And uh, she ended up with the uh, just over six hours finish, uh, which can be brutal. That's a long time to be out there in that humidity. And she called the last 16 miles a death march. But she finished, and she's a little bummed about it, and she's got the post-marathon blues right now. And... She's asking for any tips on how to, how to beat the post-marathon blues. 
And Heather, my advice to you is to get a get another race to train for, even if it's one in the winter time, uh, if it's a trail race, something. Uh, there's there's always something, especially if you're down in Chesapeake. Just you gotta check down in North Carolina. Um, there are races over the winter, even if it's just a 10k or or a 15 mile or something. There's also a uh, there's a race in Richmond called the Frostbite, which is in January, which is a 15k. Uh, just have something to train for and to shoot for, and, and uh, it doesn't have to be another marathon, but just another uh, organized event, and uh, that'll get you out of your blues because um, you have to you know, focus on your training. That's my advice, is to uh, find something else to train for, whether it's a, a cycling event or a running event or something. Uh, that'll get you out of the blues because you'll have to focus on getting those miles in so you can uh, perform on race day. But there's nothing unusual about feeling that way after a marathon. It's because the preparation for it is just so huge. And all the preparation and the hundreds and hundreds of miles that you run, it's all over on race day when you cross the finish line. And there's nothing else to do. I mean, you can you could stop training right there. You, the goal is over. Unless you have something else to train for, you know, what's the reason to run unless you're just doing it for fitness? Uh, I've never really run for fitness. I've always seemed to run for some other reason. So maybe you're the same way. So I, that's what I recommend. You ask for any tips, and my tip is to find something else to train for pronto, and uh, hopefully that'll get you out of the blues. But anyway, thanks for the email, Heather. And I'm so glad that you're still listening to the show. And uh, we'll talk to you again. Stay in touch. Uh, email from Rich from the Woodlands. And... Rich, appreciate the email. Rich uh, sent me an email and uh, talked about, because I described a little bit about Ashland, where I lived, and he sent me a couple links to his area of Texas, and uh, he told me that uh, the Woodlands is actually a fabricated community, or um, in Texas jargon, a master planned community, and uh, there's apparently no zoning laws in Texas, which I found that to be interesting. Um, We have lots of them in Virginia. And I guess different localities have different ordinances. Uh, that's interesting about Texas, but I guess because it's kind of the, the old west and frontier, I guess they just never really made any laws. Um, but apparently the Woodlands is modeled after Columbia, Maryland. And uh, Rich, I appreciate that information. That was very interesting. And uh, once again, I, Rich has been a faithful listener, and I appreciate you, you listening, Rich, and sending in the email. And that's always good to hear from you. I appreciate you uh, staying in touch. I uh, got one from Matt, uh, also known as Raz Doodle, and Matt has uh, actually started his own podcast, and he said he, he said he became a big fan of mine, uh, but he started with episode 35, which was the mystery of endurance, and he got hooked, and uh, man, that's pretty cool that you said that, man, I appreciate that. Uh, he wished me luck in Charlotte, and uh, I've actually listened to a couple episodes of uh, the stuff he's involved in. It's uh, I think his blog is at Running Off at the Mind. Uh, blogspot.com I think and then the Runner's Lounge cast which is the podcast that he's involved with and I'll have links in the show notes and uh, I've listened to to two of the episodes of the Runner's Lounge cast and it's a little different format it's more conversation um, about running and it's kind of really the nuts and bolts and kind of the raw um, uh, stuff of running and it's interesting but it's more conversational style than a running cast, which is uh, kind of refreshing because um, my, you know, my my shack is doing the uh, the run, the running part. So, Matt, appreciate you sending in the email. Stay in touch, and I'll check out your show and comment on it in the future. And uh, thank you so much for the email. 
got a uh, comment on the site from Tom in, was in reference to the podcast called Local Stuff. And he thinks it's almost time for another Bloodsbridge challenge. And uh, he's suggesting January 1st through the 3rd. And I haven't even thought that far in the future. Tom, except for uh, racing late January, but uh, I think it might be up for that. I have to check to see what mileage will be on that weekend. But, uh, yeah, there's nothing like running hills. So, uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll take up that, and we'll maybe we'll put together a group run, and I'll talk more about that in uh, another, I guess, next week's show or the week after. Appreciate the uh, comment, Tom. Uh, last but not least is uh, it's probably the best um, race report I've gotten in a while, and I'm going to try to uh, summarize it, although it, it's kind of hard to do. This is uh, from Greg, uh, also known as Dr. Smitty. He's from Chesapeake area, Virginia also. He ran his first ultra marathon uh, the weekend before Thanksgiving. And um, there was a 50K in uh, North Carolina. It's called the Derby 50K. And he said, essentially, it's a point-to-point race, and it was in the middle of nowhere. I think he said it was a point-to-point race. But anyway, it was was a a low-key race. Uh, It was three loops. Uh, It was eight miles of asphalt and two miles of sandy dirt, some pretty decent hills. Um, and it rained for most of the race and it was windy and cold and he said the temperature actually dropped some during the race but he kept his pace around 8 minutes 30 seconds and people got spread out real fast and eventually he there wasn't anybody around but there were three aid stations that had coke and Mountain Dew <coughs> and the pretzels and cookies and stuff like that and he said the hardest part of the race was miles 12 to 17 because he got to that feeling that God I'm not even halfway, yet, halfway there and I'm already tired but uh, after he got to mile 20, he started feeling good again. And he said even if he had to walk, he was going to finish that final loop. And that let him off the hook mentally because uh, he felt a little more relaxed after he took a couple walk breaks. And uh, I think that's what he said. And uh, anyway, he took some coke at the 20-mile aid station, and that was a good pick-me-up. He, he was worried about the coke upsetting his stomach. Um, but the interesting thing he said was that how it got strange when he crossed over the 26.2-mile threshold. His marathon split was uh, 3 hours 47 minutes, which is a very good marathon time. And uh, his final 50-kilometer uh, uh, ending time was 4 hours 35 minutes 38 seconds, which with an overall 849 pace. And if you're wondering how long 50K is, it's about 31.6 miles. It's we're almost right at the 32-mile mark. Um, I guess kind of depending on what your Garmin says or who's uh, organizing the race. But I thought that was really interesting that he said it was really strange crossing the marathon mark and then knowing he wasn't done yet. And uh, Greg, I'll probably send you an email. I'm kind of curious uh, a little bit more about that, um, how you kind of stretched from 26.2 to the, the 50K mark and what you thought about and uh, how just how you got to that point because uh, I'm going to try one of those races in January and I'm very interested to hear uh, mentally how you handled that uh, great race report Greg appreciate you sending that in um, Greg says that he doesn't think he's going to be an ultra marathoner but it is something that he's very glad that he that he did and uh, he's going to take a couple a couple weeks off before he starts training for the Shamrock Half Marathon which is down in the Virginia Beach area in March of 2009 so um, Greg thank you so much for the race report that was pretty cool I'm sorry I missed you down at the Outer Banks Marathon uh, but maybe we'll cross paths again in the future And, uh, again, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Okay, that's it for this week. I'll be back next week with episode 41. And being that I'm going to be 
Let's see. I will put an episode out before I go down to Charlotte. I'm pretty sure of that, even though we're going down on a Friday. It might be a shorter episode. And that'll be episode 41. And then episode 42 will be about the Charlotte Marathon. So I've got plenty of material. I'm actually interviewing my friend Shelly tomorrow when I do my last taper run before the marathon. So maybe I'll again put that show out number 41. <clears throat> and I'm kind of recovering from a little bit of a head cold this week that I kind of caught after I recorded the first segment of the show. Thankfully, I'm getting past that, and hopefully I'll be in fine health for the marathon. But I'd like to thank everybody for listening to the show. i never forget that uh, there are people listening out there. Uh, I, I primarily do the show to, to kind of get myself through my first training run of the week, tr- tr- for the first training run of the week and set the tone. And I've been fortunate enough that uh, several people have picked up the show and downloaded it and listened to it, and I've gotten some nice, uh, made some real nice friends. Um, you share a passion for running and uh, I just think it's real nice that there are people that take the time to, to email me and let me know how they think about it so uh, if you'd like to do that you can email me at ashlanddave at gmail.com that's A-S-H-L-A-N-D at gmail.com and if you are getting this uh, podcast through iTunes or some other means and not from the website make sure you check out my website at ashlanddave.podbean.com that's ashlanddave.podbean.com and I'll have uh, links to some of the things I mentioned in the show and there's some other videos and other podcasts on there so um, I will talk to y'all next week and this is Ashland Dave in the center of the universe reminding you to run to the finish and keep on running y'all have a good week Well, thanks for listening. Uh, I'm just Ashland Dave, ordinary, middle of the pack nobody. Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. We've got the national anthem. Finish up the show, and uh, we'll have a new show coming out. Thank you. Mm-hmm.